righty. Welcome back to our series called New. I'm really excited. We're going to be wrapping this series up today. And uh, I just want to tag on to what Jordan talked about. Uh, next week, I'm beginning this brand new series uh, on the cross. The cross of Christ was a defining moment in history. And uh, I am so excited to just talk about nine words that really come from some of the stories around the cross, the cross and some of the truths related to the cross. Um, you know, we see the emblem everywhere you see up on the wall, um, but it's so much more than an emblem. Uh, it stands for so much of the work that God wants to do in our lives. But sometimes we forget that the cross is also a model to us of the work that Christ wants to do through us. So I'm really excited about this series. Do hope you'll bring someone with you to share in it because I think it'll be meaningful to them. Today, though, I want to I wrap up this series on new. If you missed any in this series, I want to encourage you to go online. You can, uh, you can watch it. We have the videos there. Or uh, if you're like a lot of people and know that I have a face made for radio, you can listen to it, listen to the podcast instead of looking at it. Uh, but it's just great stuff. I hope that you'll tune into that. But today, I want to talk about a new purpose a new purpose. I just want you to think with me. If someone were to just simply ask you the question, what's your purpose in life? Would you have a good answer for them? If someone were to just to say, you know, what, what do you think God really has you here for? Could you give them a reason? You know, some of us, I, I think uh, along the way, feel like there are some things that we were kind of made to do. How many of you feel like that? There were some things you were just made to do. You know, these are, these are the things you give yourself to. But there are a lot of us that maybe some of those things change through the years. Stay with me for a second. How many of you, when you were a kid, uh, thought of a vocation that you would like to do when you were a grown-up, and when you became a grown-up, you did it, and you've stayed with it ever since? Anybody? Nobody? Yeah, Joe. Yeah, okay, Joe. Joe's a designer. Yeah, graphic designer. Yeah, that, you know, it's so interesting. I read a story this week, absolutely blew me away, um, about a guy who when he was a kid, uh, he, he said, I want to be a firefighter. And so he, he just kind of was, was excited about that. And when he became 15, he actually took his first step uh, into being a, uh, a volunteer firefighter uh, at this little town called uh, Little River, uh, New Jersey, Little Falls, New Jersey. And uh, his name is, is Vincent, uh, Vincent Dransfield is his name. And he, he started at 15 and he's done it ever since. But here's the, the kicker. Throw that picture up on the screen. That's Vincent. That picture was taken in 1960. And he went from being just a firefighter to he actually got to be fire chief for a period of time. That was during that period of time. He's still doing it. Throw the picture up on the screen. For 84 years, are you getting this? 84 years, he's been a firefighter. He's, he's, been, he's been doing this stuff. Vincent is going to be 109 next month. 109, still serving as a volunteer for the fire department. Now, there's a man with a purpose. <laughs> there's a man. He wants to die doing what he loves and doing what he believes he was born to do. That story caught my eye because there, there is a truth that I think a lot of times we don't really understand. And that is God has a plan and a purpose for our lives. I want you to hear this. 
we weren't just saved to be forgiven of our past. We were also saved so that God could do something extraordinary through us in the future. Here's my question to you today. Have you discovered what your purpose is? Now, as we, as we open our, our minds and hearts today to, to hear from God, I, I want you to see some words from, from Jesus that are uh, absolutely powerful. Uh, from John chapter 20 and verse 21, We'll throw this up on the screen. I want you to read these words from Jesus out loud with me. It says, then Jesus said again, peace be with you. It was the Father who sent me, and I am now sending you in the same way. Everybody say the word sent. Say it again, sent. When when someone asks you, What's the difference between people who are Christ followers and people who are not? It can really be summed up in that word. We are sent. Now, I don't know that Jesus, uh, that the disciples fully wrapped their minds around what Jesus was saying to them. And I'm sure that many of us uh, as Christ followers haven't wrapped our minds around it. But here's the deal that you, you, you got you to listen to me. Everybody make eye contact for a second. You were not saved to sit. I got two amens. Let me, let me, let me make that a sandwich. You, you were not saved to sit. It's so true. But so many of us in, in, the, in the Christian faith, that, that's what we believe. Uh, you know, all across America, you see people who, who claim to be Christ followers, who, who claim to have Christ have done a remarkable thing in their life. And yet every week, they, you know, they come into church and they sit down and they put their napkin in and they go, feed me, feed me, feed me. But what are you doing with what God is giving you? You're sent by God. Are you fulfilling that in your own life? Well, wow, Pastor Steve, what, what do you mean by that? I'm so glad you asked. I want you to take your sermon outline. Take it out with me and you can track along with me or you can doodle, keep yourself awake. Let me, let me walk you through some some truths and some principles <clears throat> and some ways I really want you to put this into practice. Here's the thought, first thought I want to give you. Believe it or not, we were created and redeemed for significance. We were created and redeemed for significance. Your life matters. When we were created and in the garden God said, I'm giving you dominion over this world. In other words, the responsibility for this planet is in your hands. From the very beginning, God instilled purpose in his creation. For those of us who have been redeemed, God takes that and he takes it to a whole new level. Uh, look, at the, look at the passage of Scripture uh, from Ephesians 2 and verse 10. This is such a great, great passage. Read it, read it out loud with me. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. How many of you looked in the mirror this morning when you got up and go, man, that's a masterpiece? <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, how many of you are sitting beside someone and you go, that is not a masterpiece at all. You know, that's, 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 not, that's not it. Yeah, but, but you are. You are the handiwork of God. And did you catch that? He, he's created you anew in Christ Jesus for plans that he has for you from long ago. The, the Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, it says that when, when we come to Christ and his spirit indwells us, that God gives us spiritual gifts. Now, we, we make that real mysterious, but it's not really that mysterious. For, for some of us, uh, it's God giving us a gift that we've never had before. Um, you know, I've had people who, who are pastors now that have told me that, you know, when, when they felt God calling them to preach, they were going, oh, no, not me. <laughs> you know, public speaking is like the number one fear in America. And uh, they said, I could never do that. And yet what they discovered was that in this new walk of faith, God gave them the ability to do something that they couldn't have done on their own. That's a part of what it means to have a spiritual gift. But for others of us, God takes the very natural talents that we have and he helps us find ways to put those to work for eternal causes. So for some of us, God takes these abilities and, and he simply enhances them and he gives us wisdom and he gives us insight and he shows us how we can take some of these talents that we have and to put them to work for causes that maybe we never even imagined. Can I give you a great example right here in our own church? Um, we have a, a, a guy, attends first service. His name is uh, Greg uh, St. Cyr. And Greg's been coming to Chartel for oh, a couple years, maybe. Um, he's a friend of, of, of Kevin Gunter's, but don't hold that against him. He's really a, he's really a good guy. Um, but Kevin, uh, Greg came to me, um, and he, he said, God's given me this idea that uh, he laid on my heart, and he said, I, I want to share it with you and see if, if there's any way that you might want to be able to use it. And I said, sure. And so he gave me a couple of these little bags like this, and when I reached inside, there was this little handcrafted wooden bird. So I, throw a pic I picked a picture, I threw it up on the screen, yeah. Now, how many of you are like me and you cannot use your hands to create something like that at all? Anybody? Yeah, if, if I created that, it would look like a rock. It would look like a bird. But because I don't, I can't do this kind of stuff. But he showed me this, and I said, "Oh man, that is just beautiful." And he handed me this card, and he showed me this card, and he put this. And this is he, here's the idea that God gave him: people who have gone through loss often need some kind of memento to be able to find comfort. And so he created this as a comfort bird. And here's what the little card says. On one side, it says, it's a comfort bird. It's a little, little poem that he came up with. And it says, I'm your little handmade comfort bird. Please keep me close to you. When life gives you the blues, then this is what you do. Wrap your hands around me and give me a rub and say, today will be a great day. Isn't that great? On the other side of it, it's the scripture verse from 1 Corinthians 1, or 2 Corinthians 1, 3. It says, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of all compassion and the God of all comfort. Now, Greg has the ability to work with wood, obviously. But God gave him an idea out of how to take this, this idea of making things out of wood and using it 
for something to do ministry with. And it was so cool. He gave me a few of these. And not knowing that that very week that he gave those to me, I had a neighbor right across the street whose father had passed away. And I had had a chance to, to talk with her and pray with her. But I also was able to give her one of those comfort birds as just a reminder that, um, you know, God is near and he will always be your comfort. And, and it just blew her away. Now, here's what I want to say. You know, this isn't, you know, this isn't rocket science stuff, but it's being open to the fact that God wants my life to matter. And maybe, just maybe, God wants to take something that is simply a natural talent for you and to use it for the causes of his kingdom. Does that make sense to you? God is, wants to use our lives for significance. Let me give you a second thought. You know, this one's going to push on you a little bit. Often, the first step of being sent is simply stepping up to serve. Often, the first idea, the first step of actually finding out what it means to be sent is stepping up to serve. You know, sometimes when we think about finding our purpose and, and being used by God, we, again, we way overcomplicate this. Because if you really want to discover it, one of the easiest ways to do it is just look around and find a place that you can just simply engage and serve. Again, remind you, we're, we're all created to be a part of the body of Christ, which means that we're all created to serve in some capacity. And sometimes, sometimes it's, it may seem like something small, but some things, the small things, are really important. I love how Jesus framed this in Matthew chapter 25. And he said, Master says, well done, my good and faithful servant. Read it out loud with me. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. In other words, you take a small step, be faithful with something small. And sometimes, sometimes God just blesses that small and you just like doing that. Other times God takes that as your first step of faithfulness and leads you to something that you hadn't even imagined. Can I give you an example of that? Throw the next passage up on the screen. Acts chapter 6. The, the church was growing, and as it happens, when churches grow, uh, there were needs that starting to emerge, and one of them in Acts chapter 6 was the fact that there were some Hellenistic widows who were not uh, getting fed in the daily distribution of food. They were getting overlooked, and like good church people, they did what most church people do. They complained. You know, they just started complaining. And, and so as they complained, they went to the disciples and they just said, hey, you know, these widows aren't getting fed. You guys, you know, you're the pastor. You got to do something. And that's kind of how it happens. And uh, look, look at how the 12 responded. It said, and so the 12 called a meeting of all the believers and they said, we apostles should spend our time teaching the word of God, not running a food program. And so, brothers, select seven men who are well-respected and full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom. We will give them this responsibility. Then we apostles can spend our time in prayer and teaching the word. And so if you follow the storyline, they selected these seven, they prayed over them, and these guys began this Meals on Wheels program uh, for the widows that they were doing. Now, what's so cool in this is, you know, the, the disciples didn't neglect that need. They, they, they took care of it through these guys. But when you follow the storyline, I mean, five of these guys you never hear of again, but two of the guys who started in this Meals on Wheels program, one was named Stephen, the other was named Philip, you find them again in the book of Acts. 
Because somewhere along the way, as they stepped into this ministry, they began to talk to people about Jesus, and they discovered that they had the gift of evangelism, and they had the gift of preaching. Very soon in Acts, you find Stephen preaching so powerfully that people are covering their ears because they're becoming so convicted by the Holy Spirit, and they got mad, and they, they, they end up killing Stephen because his preaching was so powerful. Philip goes on. He goes into Samaria and preaches, and he finds this Ethiopian guy, and he's, he's witnessing to him. And you see how God took, let's don't miss this, one small step and began to do incredible ministry through them. Now, here's what I know. Look at me. Please don't miss this. Anyone can serve. Anyone can serve. It, what hit me funny um, was, uh, I want you to reach in. I, thought, I just thought this was rather ironic. Reach in your bulletin, pull that outline or that sign-up sheet out again for the children's ministry for a second. Just take a look at that. Here, here's what I thought was very ironic. If I had laid my outline out, I had laid all this stuff out uh, when I saw that they wanted to promo the fact that we needed. We've got classes, we've got lots of kids coming now, so we've got, you know, we had to divide some of the classes, and so we're needing some more teachers. Here's what I thought was funny. I'm not gonna tell you this was of God. I just thought it was very coincidental. The fact that if you go through this outline, we need seven workers in children's ministry to, to really step up and complete everything. How many people did they need in Acts? How many do we need? Who's gonna be the Stevens and Phillips among you? Who of you believes that it's worthwhile to invest some time into a child to prepare them with the word of God. You don't have to be a teacher. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. You have to love kids. And here's what, here's, here's what I know, gang. Please don't miss this. Of all the ministries and things we do in life of church, there is absolutely nothing more important that we do than prepare our kids for this world they're about to inherit. Our children need to have the word of God embedded in their hearts if they are going to be protected and prepared for this world that they're going to meet. Here's the, here's the deal. I'm going to look at you and tell you this. These seven slots ought to be filled by the end of the day. I don't know who of you has not signed up yet, but our children's pastors ought to be telling us, our children's directors ought to be telling us, we've got a waiting list of people who are wanting to engage in children because we believe this is the most important ministry on earth. Amen? That's two of you. Amen? Amen. End of story. Number three. Third thought I want to give you is this one, and this, this is for all of you. Take, take a deep breath. I'm not going to try to twist your arm into anything else here today. But wherever, wherever we are, wherever we are, wherever you go this week, whatever you do, wherever we are, that is our ministry and our mission field. Wherever we are, wherever you find yourself, that is your ministry and that is our, that is our mission field. Here's the deal. When you leave here today, when you leave church, you still have the Holy Spirit of God within you. And if God's spirit is within you, then wherever you go and whatever you're doing, God is with you and can work through you. Does this make sense to you? And that means that you don't have to be in church to do ministry. You can, you can do ministry wherever you find yourself, whether you're at work or whether you're at school or, or whether you're at the bank or whether you're at Walmart. Where, and trust me, there's a lot of ministry to do at Walmart, trust me. Yeah. Wherever, wherever you go, the Holy Spirit of God can use you. I, I love this. Paul says in, in, in Colossians 3.23, read it with me. Whatever work you do, do it with all your heart. Do it 
for the Lord and not for men. What would it look like for us to really take that to heart? These jobs that we complain so much about. What if we said, I'm not doing this for the paycheck anymore. I'm not doing this for the company who hasn't treated me right. I'm gonna do this for God. What would that look like for us? Paul says this in 2 Corinthians. He said, so we are Christ's what? Ambassador, circle that word. We're Christ's ambassador. God is making his appeal through us. That's why I put this statement on there. You don't have to be a pastor to be a missionary or in a foreign country or be a minister and you don't have to be a, a, in foreign country to be a missionary. You know, when Wanda and I... Uh, when we were enrolling our kids in school back in Phoenix, um, Ben, I think, was going into sixth grade, Nathan probably in third grade at that time, about that. And um, we made a conscious decision to keep our kids in public schools. Um, our philosophy was we need to engage this world. And we want our kids in a public school where we can have an opportunity to influence people who are far from God. And uh, I know that's not everybody's decision, and it's fine, but that was the decision that, that we made based on what we felt God was leading us to do. Never forget, when we took our kids up to Suaro Ranch Elementary to enroll them, there was a gal who was working behind the desk, maybe a secretary or somebody in the administration who was there. And as we were talking, um, Wanda had a cross that she was wearing. And the gal looked at Wanda's cross, and she said, uh, I, I like your, your necklace, and Wanda kind of felt the, the, the cross. And the gal smiled and she said, I'm one too. And she looked at her and she kind of leaned forward and she said, you're going to discover there are a lot of us here on staff and as teachers who are Christians here at the school. And she said, and every morning, she said, we get her early and we walk through the halls and we walk through the stairwells and we pray for the kids that God's presence might be here. Are you catching this? You see, so often we go back on our heels as Christian. We say, you can't pray in public schools. Look at me. They can't stop you from praying in public schools. You, you just can't pray out loud in front of a class. But I want to tell you a secret. God's got really good ears. Amen? See, you don't have to be up front shouting it out. You don't have to have the kids pray alone. You can walk through the halls of your school and pray and just ask God as you're walking to let his presence move through you and to touch the people around you. You can do the same at work. You can see the people with godly eyes. You can listen with ears that tune in and say, how might God use you to come alongside of them? I'm gonna tell you some of the most significant moments of ministry I've had along the way, haven't been in church. They've been in places where I've just been in a conversation with someone. And they open their heart about something that they're going through, like my neighbor across the street. And you just simply take the moment to let the Spirit of God say, can I pray for you? Do you understand how incredibly powerful that is? Um, I saw a, 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 an article that blew me away. It was so cool. Um, it was a couple of months ago. There was a, a woman up in Vancouver who, um, she lost her husband. 
He was uh, only 37 years old. And um, she was going through to get some coffee, and she was going through a Dutch Brothers uh, coffee place. And she was in the drive-thru, and obviously it's the day after her husband had died. She was really distraught. And if you've ever gone through something like this, you know you're kind of in a fog. And uh, as she gets up to the window after where she had placed her order. She gets up to the, to the window. And if, if you've ever gone, if you go to Starbucks or any of those coffee places like that, you know, the, these kids who wait on you, they're like, what, 12 years old or something? I mean, I mean, they look so young, like your doctor when you're in the emergency room. Maybe you ain't touching me, you know. Um, but, it's, you know, they just look so young. Well, they, she gets up to the window and these kids look at her and they can tell she's upset. And so one of the boys said to her, ma'am, are, are you okay? And this woman just lost it. Uh, she just burst into tears. And she's in her car, she's crying and through her tears, she said, I'm so sorry, guys, I just, I lost my husband yesterday. I, I don't know what to do. And these teenage kids, stood at this window and they just, they're just listening to this woman pour her heart out to him. And, and then they did something unbelievable. Throw that picture up on the screen. These teenage kids asked this woman, can we pray for you? And they reached through the window and they put their hands on this woman's arm. And two of them took turns praying for this woman, asking that God would give her comfort and strength and peace. The woman who took this picture is in the car behind them. And she took this, takes this picture and she asked them when they got up her what was going on and the kids told her. She posted this on Facebook and she said, this was the most amazing scene I've ever had. If you've got, if you have a need for coffee or something going on in your life, go to Dutch Brothers Coffee. <laughs> Because, baby, you're going to get something more than just a good brew. And when they interviewed these kids, the, the, these teens said, you know, oh, oh, we just listened to her. We could tell she was distraught. And they said, you know, we just decided we needed to pray with her. So we did. And we told her, please, come back whenever you want to. We'll be happy to take some time to just sit down with you and listen. Ladies and gentlemen, that's ministry. That's ministry. Right where you are. That's not, that's not having to have a pulpit or, 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 or an audience. That's just being sensitive to God's Holy Spirit and letting him use you. Let me give you one last thought. To let the Spirit of God work through us, we have to let the Spirit of God work in us. Now, here's why I say that. When we think about the purpose for which God created us and redeemed us, it's, just, it's not just so there are things we can do. It's about the person we are supposed to be. You see, our first and highest purpose is to become like Jesus. We are to be his manifestations to this world. In other words, I thought about this. There, there are a lot of people that I've seen who have roles in various kinds of ministry, but when you look at the way they act and their attitudes, there's not a whole lot of Jesus that you see. And I'm just saying, somehow, we've got to let the Holy Spirit of God 
work in us to change us to become a little bit more like him so that when we're doing the works that God wants us to do, the attitude of Christ comes through as well. Come on, it's just us. How many of you would be honest enough to admit there are probably times you need a little bit more of the attitude of Jesus? Yeah, yeah, and the rest of you are liars, so, yeah. Look at what Paul says. I, I love this. Paul says this in Philippians. He said, I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding, for I want you to understand what really matters so that you will live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. I, I love this. Read it out loud with me. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring much glory and praise to God. One commentator that I read when he was talking about this, this being filled with the fruit of righteousness. He said the, the, the imagery there that the writer is using is a, a, a fruit tree so loaded down with fruit that the limbs are really dragging. You know, they're really bowing down. And I saw this picture and I just thought, this is a perfect, throw that up on the screen. It's like that apple tree. It's so heavy with apples that the limbs are almost touching the ground. That ought to be us. In other words, the spirit of God so fully upon us, the character of Christ so fully upon us, the evidence of God's Holy Spirit and the, and, and the fruit of that spirit so much on us that that comes through. Paul says in Galatians 5, you know, that the, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, uh, faithfulness, and self-control. All of these things are that fruit that people ought to see. And sometimes when they see that kind of fruit, you really don't even have to use a whole lot of words to have a conversation about God. Does that make sense? I, I love, again, in Philippians, when Paul was challenging the church on how to live he says, then you will, you will shine among them like what? Like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. You know, we, we complain so much about this dark world, and it is dark. But that's why Jesus said, you are the light of the world. And if you're in a really dark place at night, stars can really shine bright, can't they? Throw that picture up on the screen for me, would you? Little gal, I've got my arm around there back when I had, still had a little bit of hair. <laughs> Her name's Emma. Uh, I met Emma when she was 12 years old. Uh, I was speaking at a camp meeting back in Warsaw, Ohio. And uh, the week that I spoke at that camp meeting, uh, she was baptized, was 12. And this is now when she was 18. This is back, I think, in 2014. Uh, she was 18, uh, and they were kind enough to have me come back and speak again and say, you know, please do better. And, and so I came back, and uh, there at that camp. And, and the reason I show you that picture is because Emma, Emma became a dear friend and uh, unfortunately just uh, two months ago she, she passed away, 26 years old, 
And her husband, she's only been married for like a year and a half, her, her husband, uh, Josh, asked me if I would come back to Ohio to be a part of the memorial service that they're going to do on April 19th on her, uh, what, would, what would have been her 27th birthday. And I told him I'd be privileged to. But, but here, here's what I want to tell you about Emma. Emma only lived to be 26. But this young lady absolutely lit up every room that she walked into. You see that smile on her face? She had that smile every single day, everywhere she went. People were drawn to Emma like moths to a flame. She was wanting to serve in ministry. She did children's ministry for a short while, and then she found that her real forte was going to be working with people in the hospitals, and so she was in that when she passed. But Emma had this ability to just make everybody's day better simply because she let the Spirit of God move through her. And when I was, I was thinking about uh, just some thoughts when, after Josh called me about speaking at her funeral, I, I thought one of the things I want to say about Emma was when Paul talks about being a star in the sky, she was, she was a shooting star. She lit up her world so brightly. She wasn't around long. But her time she was, she really made a mark. Can I just say something? This world would be a much better place if we as the church, if we as the people of God were a little bit more like that little lady, letting the Spirit of God work in us and not just through us. Amen. Have you found your purpose? Are you open to God guiding you to how he wants to work in you and through you. Listen to the words of Jesus again. As God the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Rachel's gonna lead us in a song and then at the end we're gonna receive communion together and Remember how Christ was sent on our behalf. I'm going to invite you right now, if you would, just take out your cup and you can open the bottom part and take your little piece of bread out and peel back the top and have your juice ready to, to drink in a second. I just want you to just let the Spirit of God speak to you in these next few moments. and In a, in a very quiet way, I, I just want you to say, Lord, let your spirit fall fresh on me and, and guide me, Lord. Show me what you want to do in me. Show me what you want to do through me. Let God take your life to significance. Lord Jesus, we hold in our hands the reminder that you were sent to this world for a purpose. You didn't just come to visit and live among us because you needed a vacation. You came with a plan in mind to be light in a dark world, to redeem those who were lost, to speak hope and life and to people who had given up, to bring 
healing and wholeness wherever you went. And as God the Father sent you, so you are sending us. And as we take communion today, Lord, as we remember this bread that represents your body that was broken and this juice that represents your blood that was spilled, Lord, we open our minds and hearts to the purposes and plans you have for us. Lord, we, we pray that you would help us. For some of us, Lord, it might be a, just a natural enhancement like you gave to Greg to, to carve those comfort birds. And for some of us, Lord, there might be spiritual gifts that you've put in us that you want to bring out. Whatever it is, Lord, make it known to us, would you? Father, I pray that you would give us the courage to simply step up and serve. So often, Father, we're of the mindset that somebody else is going to do it. And many times no one does. Lord, help us to pray today. Lord, here am I. Send me. And Father, as we leave here today, would you remind us that everywhere we go it is an opportunity to represent you. Everywhere we go, there, there's an opportunity to be your hands and your feet and your ears to listen and your voice to speak. I think about those teenage boys reaching out the window of a Dutch Brothers coffee place. What a powerful moment that your Holy Spirit had to minister to a woman who was hurting through three teenagers who just made themselves available to be used by you. So Father, today, fall fresh upon us with your Holy Spirit. Work in us and work through us, we pray. In the precious name of our Lord. And everyone said, amen.